This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. is until you can erase three Februaries. Shut up. Bang! Quality over quantity. LeBron has beaten some of the best competition in NBA history. He's the GOAT emoji. I will not cuss. I will not cuss. I will not swear. I will not swear. Where sports is the base, life and fun are the results. This is the Brian Snow Show. Good afternoon to every one of y'all watching and listening. This is indeed the Brian Snow Show on this Tuesday. Lots to do for you over the course of the next 60 minutes. I will have Mike DeBate join me to talk all things NFL draft and the division that we're going, the divisions, I beg your pardon, that we're going to concentrate on this afternoon are going to be the East divisions, the NFC East and the AFC East. And Let's not waste any time. Please welcome our senior insider for Snowman Multimedia for the NFL 
and the host of the Locked On Patriots podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, Mr. Mike DeBay. Good afternoon, my friend. Great to have you. Good afternoon, buddy. Always an honor, always a privilege. You know, I enjoyed it so much yesterday. Figured why not come back and do the same thing today? Just different teams this time. <laughs> yep, yep. There are two divisions we're going to look at, and we're going to dive right in. Let's get to the NFC East with the draft coming up this Thursday night. And boy, there's a lot of work to be done. We're going to start with we're going to start with the Washington Commanders. Um. Where where do they where do they begin? Where do <laughs> they begin to repair the damage? And there's a lot of it that's happened to that team over the years because of ownership, because of bad drafting, because of any and everything. Where 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 do they start? Well, I mean, there's that's the ultimate question with the Washington Commanders. There's a lot of places to start. I mean, and really, to be totally honest with you, if you mention just about any position or any area, you're really not going to be wrong. The only question is where are you going to be a little bit more right? Um, they mm-hmm. need definite help at the cornerback position. There's no question. But you also look at it, and I think they need to start at the offensive line, Brian. We talk about this all the time. You can talk about installing new quarterbacks. You can talk about installing new talent uh, at the skill positions. Um, And all of those, I think, are going to be, uh, you know, up for grabs uh, when it comes for for the Washington Commanders. But if they don't protect whoever is throwing passes in that backfield, it's not going to matter who's out there to catch them. It's not even really going to matter who's out there throwing them because they're not going to have the time to be able to complete it. So if I'm Washington, I'm looking at that um they're the center position is really i think where they need to be focused but Mm -hmm. i think you're hard pressed to say that they're going to spend early round draft capital on a center there's a pretty deep centers class but i don't know if any of them are necessarily worth the um uh, the price of, of going early in the in the drought so what do you do at that point well you probably go offensive tackle and this is where the um, uh, the draft is very deep. I mean, you can talk Peter Skoronsky, you can talk Paris Johnson Jr., you can talk about Broderick Jones. These are all guys that can come in and change the complexity of an offensive line. So if I'm Washington, that's where I'm starting, but uh, uh, you can't leave out defense as well, and I think cornerback is right there at the top of the list of their needs. Yeah, uh, the defense really, really has to repair some holds, and you're talking about, uh, talking about the secondary, talking about cornerback, uh, who do you have your eyes on for Washington? Uh, Washington, in my opinion, uh, there's a couple of guys that can come in here and fit very well into what Ron Rivera likes to run in terms of his defensive style. I like Joey Porter Jr. for them. Uh, I think that his type of physical uh, style with the type of finesse that he can use uh, would be a good compliment here. A guy that's uh, kind of rising up the ranks in a lot of mock drafts that I've seen lately is Maryland's Deontay Banks. This is a kid that definitely has an aggressive style. Uh, He plays with a lot of feeling. He plays with a lot of energy. Um, There are some issues about him being able to stick with some of the faster receivers that you're going to see in this league. That would be a concern of mine. But in the NFC East, I think he has uh, good matchups with a lot of the type of uh, um, offensive weapons that he'll see. So those are the two guys that I'm looking at for right now. But, I mean, obviously, the two gems – of this uh, uh, draft when it comes to cornerbacks, Christian Gonzalez out of uh, Oregon, and then, of course, Devin Witherspoon as well. Uh, Either one of those guys, I don't think there's a team in the league that should pass them up if they're sitting there waiting for them uh, when they're on the clock. Uh, Those two guys can really revolutionize the defense. But if you're thinking Washington fit, I like those two guys. I like Porter as your option one, and uh, I don't think uh, Banks is too uh, bad of a consolation prize either. To the New York Giants we go in the Meadowlands, coming off of a playoff appearance and a playoff victory against the Minnesota Vikings. How do they get better? What's their what's their main position of need, and who fills it? Well, a lot of people tell you it's either wide receiver or it's cornerback, but again, I'm going offensive line. You can tell there's a theme here in my thought yes. process about yes. building teams from the inside out. And I think right now, I think the Giants losing John Feliciano and Nick Gates in free, in free agency – don't have a lot of strong options right now to replace what they did on that level. So if you can add someone that's going to be able to come in and be able to spell these guys at the guard position, that's where I'm looking if I'm uh, the uh, the New York Giants. But a lot of people have them looking at uh, wide receivers. I know Zay Flowers is someone who's uh, mocked to them or mentioned in their vein uh, an awful lot. Uh, he could be a possibility. 
don't discount the edge position either. Uh, Arkansas's Drew Sanders, to me, um, you know, can be someone that can come in either as an edge defender or an off-ball linebacker. He might be a really good fit in Wink Martindale's uh, defense, which loves to create blitzes. Uh, I think he could be a good uh, uh, fit there as well. Um, getting back to the guard position, though, a uh, guy that we talked about last week, Andrew Voorhees out of USC, uh, big-time prospect. Uh, that would be more of a future. Uh, I know there's a situation with the ACL tier, and uh, you know people are probably saying that he's done for the year, but if uh, the Giants are looking for a guard of the future, uh, he could be someone that they could take and then stash for a year. Uh, but obviously, they won't have to use early-round draft capital for him. But uh, those are the guys that I'm looking at right now. Uh, for the New York Giants. I think they start with guard, but wouldn't surprise me uh, to see them uh, dip their toe into the wide receiver or cornerback pool either. To the Dallas Cowboys coming off of a playoff appearance and uh, down to the last week where they competed for the NFC East that, of course, belonged to the eventual NFC champion in Philadelphia Eagles. Man, even though Dallas went 12-5, and five, you look at some of the games that they lost, and I'm outlining the game in Jacksonville. That game should have been a walkaway victory. A lot of this has to do with nerve, and a lot of this has to do with not being able to finish games. Where do they begin to fill the holes to get back to prominence? Well, naturally, you hear a lot of rumors about the Dallas Cowboys trying to fill the shoes left behind by Ezekiel Elliott. And everyone in um, in Dallas right now is loving B. John Robinson. They're, they love to think about him being a member of the Cowboys. I don't see him falling to 26, so I don't right. think that's an issue there. Right. Uh, if they want him, they're going to have to trade up for him. But to be totally honest with you, Brian, I think their needs – I would put three needs ahead of running back right now if I'm the Dallas Cowboys. That's how much faith I have in Tony Pollard being able to carry the load as right. a feature back in that uh, offense. Defensive tackle, linebacker position, and the center position. I think that's a lot of uh, forgotten problems that Dallas has had in years past is backfilling and getting more depth at the center position that they can use. Um, you know, uh, Bidaz's uh, entering a contract year. Uh, Tyler Smith is eventually going to move on from the guard position to the tackle position. That's going to create some holes on that offensive line, which was serviceable uh, for the Cowboys last year. So I know in terms of defensive tackle, that's a position that I mentioned prominently. Mm -hmm. I know they'd love to have Kalijah Kansi fall to them at number 26. I don't think he's going to. I had originally thought there was a shot. Uh, but then when you started to see the light being shown on him by a lot of draft analysts, he's skyrocketing up the board. He won't be there at 26. So no, uh, Brian uh, Brian Brise might be an option uh, for them as well if they're going to go in this direction. Um, you know, out of Clemson, he has a size advantage over Cansey, but I think he's a little bit more of a project at the position. I think Cansey is a little bit more uh, NFL ready. Uh, when you look at the center position, if the Cowboys are serious about really upgrading this team, Give a solid look to guys like Joe Tipman or John Michael Schmitz. These guys have the ability to come in and change the complexity of an offense, even though it might not be the sexy pick, which we know Jerry Jones loves to make on these days. Yes. Um, yes. If I'm Dallas, I'm taking it a little bit more conservative, and I think it's better suited for what they need. Now to the NFC champion Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, they lost Javon Hargrave in free agency to san francisco do they go defense in this draft or what is their position of need yeah i think if they're going to go they're going to go defense and i think their needs are defensive more than anything else and that's saying something considering the defense that the uh, philadelphia eagles put on the field last year but they can use some help yeah they can use some help at safety Uh, i think they can use some help um in uh, the linebacker position i love iowa's jack campbell for them as a matter of fact i have my eye on him as a potential patriots target if he should slip a little bit talk Mm -hmm. about someone that can come in and maximize nicobe dean and what i think he's going to do in year two for the eagles tremendous tremendous fit right there and dean is someone that i absolutely salivated towards getting him in foxborough last year but ultimately that didn't happen um but uh, I, I like him. Uh, obviously, Jalen Carter is someone that you have to keep your eye on. If he falls and there's uh, you know significant concerns from a lot of teams out there in the league about his off-field stuff, 
I could see uh, the Eagles definitely jumping at the chance, uh, maybe even to move up to grab him if he continues to fall down the uh, the line. But um, that's someone that uh, that I'd look at for them at the safety position. Uh, Sidney Brown is a great athlete. He can handle a lot of different assignments. Uh, the Eagles love to mix their coverages. They love to mix their assignments up. Um, if uh, Sidney comes in, he's a little bit undersized, so you're going to have to really project what type of defense you want to put out on the field and maybe tailor make that backfield to him a little bit more. Uh, but I think he could thrive there as well. So, you know, um, from wants and needs, I think, you know, box safety, uh, linebacker and defensive tackle are probably going to be the way that the uh, the Eagles are going to shape up. And then I think they'll look to backfill some of the offensive holes they have in the mid to later rounds. We're just getting started here on our draft preview East divisions today, and we may have a bonus division to look at, and that is pending the time. Back in a minute. So this thing called sports, it has fans again. It has full stadiums, full arenas, and more. And you want to be a part of it, don't you? Of course you do. If you begin to scour the resale market, there will be tickets available. And what you need to get those tickets that you want so badly is SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the app available to you that lends a hand in helping you get the tickets that you want for the events that you want. SeatGeek rates the tickets on a 1 to 10 scale, and the best part is the tickets are vetted for authenticity so you know what you are getting and you know you are not getting scammed. And now you can save even more by using the code SNOWMAN and getting 20 bucks off with your very first purchase. Yes, you can do all of that with the power of SeatGeek, helping you get to the games that you want so you fans can fan. So let's all fan. Where sports is the base, life and fun are the results. This is The Brian Snow Show. Sixteen after the hour. For those of you listening across our radio networks, we thank you. And for those of you watching on CSTV and CSTVnow.com out of Reno, Nevada, yes, we are in the West, and we love you for um, tuning into our program. That's powered by Snowman Multimedia and powered by Invader Coffee. Mike DeBay joins me. Let's go to the AFC East as we are breaking down everything. And if you get a chance, Mike, I'd love to have you Thursday night. You know when my draft special kicks off i'll talk more about that at the end at the end of the program let's start with your new england patriots so much went right but so much more went wrong and you can highlight the quarterback position but if i know my buddy mike as well as i do and as much as i love him i know there is a big position of need along that front five and it's offensive tackle. Uh, you can hear and you can read all the pundits in the world, national mostly, that'll tell you the Patriots' biggest need is at the cornerback position, or it's at wide receiver, or the Patriots need to add another tight end. I've even heard that, despite having Hunter Henry and Mike Gusecki on this roster. Yeah, I've heard the that Patriots too. Need that big pass catcher. I'm not saying that they don't need any of those positions, folks, but it's not going to matter if it's Mac Jones, if it's Bailey Zappi, or if it's Trace McSorley. Who knows? Stranger things have happened, Brian. I'm not counting anything out throwing passes right. in that backfield for the New England Patriots. If they continue to struggle along the offensive line the way they did last year, not going to matter who's throwing the passes. Nobody's going to be there to catch them. Nobody's going to be there to throw them. So they need to address that. Guys that I have my eye on for the New England Patriots, my pie in the sky for this position is Peter Skaronsky. I know the arm length is a big concern for some Patriots fans, but I think this yeah. kid is adaptable enough to be able to switch his style, adapt to his style, and play a solid offensive tackle either on the left or on the right, um, depending on where you think he's going to be more effective. Trent Brown can move over and play the opposite side, so I like him. Roderick Jones is someone that I think would fit well into this system, another versatile, very high motor, high energy. I think the highest ceiling out of any offensive tackle in this draft might be a little bit more of a project. I think the Patriots need more of a pro-ready player. That's why I go with Skaronsky. But if you're looking for the future, Broderick Jones is a tremendous uh, consolation prize, and I don't think Patriots fans will be upset with that. 
Paris Johnson Jr. is a guy I'd love to see with his athleticism, his ability. I don't think he's there at 14, and I don't think the Patriots are moving up in the first round. I think that for anything, they'll move down. So if that's what they do and they do move down, Darnell Wright out of Tennessee is a guy I'd love to see here as well. Versatility, can play either side. Very cerebral. We talked about this yesterday, and cerebral players at the Combine, when we asked him about his preparation for guys like Will Anderson, he had notes on his cell phone, Brian. He took the cell phone out and started yes. reading his notes that he made year, you know, months in advance, weeks in advance of facing these guys. And that, to me, is a Patriots player. If, that, if he ends up here, Bill Belichick is going to mention that in his post-draft press conference of one of the reasons why Darnell Wright was a uh, target. So uh, that, to me, is their biggest need. But cornerback is right there on its heels. And I think the Patriots also need to address the uh, the wide receiver position with the linebacker slash edge, off the ball linebacker slash edge rusher being a very distant fourth at this point for their needs. We're going to actually have time to do another set of divisions. We'll tell you the divisions that we're going to focus on later. Now to the New York Jets who finalized, finalized, and I repeat, finalized the trade for one Aaron Rodgers. And immediately that poses a question. Ryan McCarthy joining us from Saratoga, New York. He says, with the Jets and Packers swapping picks, does this change the Jeff Jets draft methodology, or do you think they're still leaning towards offensive line? I would like to think they're still leaning towards offensive line with the acquisition of Rodgers. Yeah, they should be. I mean, now you have the quarterback. You can't blame the Jets' woes on quarterback play any longer. Regardless of what you think Aaron Rodgers has left in the tank, he is still one of the elite quarterbacks in this league, and he will continue to be. And he's got weapons around him. There's a number of guys on that Jets team that can make plays and that can make life very difficult for opposing defenses. But again, Brian, it goes back to if you don't have the proper protection – not even Aaron Rodgers, who's aging now. He's not the same Aaron he was five years ago where he can mask right. problems along the offensive line, be elusive, use his legs, get out of the pocket, make plays happen, make throws on the run. He's not doing that as much anymore, quite simply just because he can't. Not that he's mm -hmm. not capable or anything or he didn't forgot how to do it. It's just, right. you know, the, the floor. Flesh is sometimes not as willing as the spirit. So when you look now at what the Jets will do, I know they were very heavily involved from sources that I've spoken with close to the Jets, uh, that they were very heavily interested in Peter Skaronsky. I think that's off the table now. He does not get by New England at 14 if he's still there. Um, right. If the Jets decide they want to move up, they've really kind of uh, exhausted all of their draft capital in trying to get Aaron mm -hmm. Rodgers in the house. So now what are you looking at? Well, this one would hurt me an awful lot, but guys I just talked about, like a Darnell Wright, would be a great fit there because you could plug him in on either side. Really look mm -hmm. at what Aaron does well now, what he's going to be able to do in this offense, and then make the determination as to which side he might look better on. I know Jets fans, I heard a lot of them, you know, kind of boasting last night that still got Makai Becton. We're going to go for another weapon. I don't mm -hmm. think that's the smart move here for the Jets. You need to protect Aaron Rodgers, and that's where I'm going with this. So a lot of the same names that I mentioned for the Patriots I think would be great fits with the Jets as well. Speaking of protection, we go to the Miami Dolphins, and they need some help along the offensive line because Tua got pulverized last year, suffering three concussions in a span of 14 games and somehow he's living to tell the tale you got to go off if you're Miami you got to go offensive line yeah and you got to go irresistible force immovable object if you're the Miami Dolphins you need someone that's capable of really locking down opposing defenders with sheer size sheer force and a guy I'd love to see them take a look at is Dewan Jones out of Ohio State, one of the biggest guys in this draft, tremendous wingspan. Um, I think everyone at the Combine was wowed by the fact when he spread his arms out wide and you looked at how much ground he can cover, uh, you're not going to move this guy if you really want to. I mean, you're going to need, um, as you know, they would say in Jaws, Brian, you, you and I are old enough to remember that movie. They're going to need a bigger boat to move this guy around. Yep. He's that good. And if you can get someone like that to be able to provide the protection that two is going to need, that's where you go in this draft. Now, DeWan is a little bit of a project, so I'm not going to sit there and say he's going to solve all of their problems all at once. I still think they should backfill with some veterans out there once the second wave of free agency is ready to begin. But if you want electricity, 
this is a guy that can bring it to you. Um, I also think that the Miami Dolphins might be in the tight end market as well. With Kasicki gone, they're going to need someone that can come in, uh, really, I think, electrify this um, offense a little bit. There are plenty of tight ends available in this draft. It's a very deep tight end class. Uh, Tucker Craft out of South Dakota, I think, would be a really good fit here in terms of a guy that can block, he can get it open, um, he can run routes. He's kind of one of the more complete packages i can see uh the miami dolphins maybe taking a flyer on him in the mid rounds uh but early on i think they go offensive line as well you mentioned the one tight end name that i have been salivating over this in in this entire draft and that's tucker craft out of south dakota state kind of remind you of another south dakota state tight end who's now gone to become a pro bowler his name is dallas goddard mm-hmm. south dakota Absolutely. state produces some athletes you and i have talked about dallas goddard even before he was drafted the little known the, the little known players um two picks that we nailed on the button back-to-back years uh, both going to san francisco debo samuel being one the other being javon kinlaw especially after they made the move and moving to for buckner See, it's those picks, right? It's those picks right there that you don't expect to do well, but they are doing well. Speaking of doing well, the Buffalo Bills need to solve a running game problem and they need to solve it fast. Yeah, they absolutely do. Uh, I love Damian Harris. I've had the opportunity to cover him up here for four years in New England and one of the most high energy players you'll be around brimming with positivity. He's going to be a phenomenal teammate. Dare I say he might be one of the most popular guys in that locker room, but it pains me to say this because I love Damian. He's not a running back one. He's not. He's going to be a good option to be able to spell. Um, You know, you've got Cook on that line that can do, you know, some stuff as well that can run behind a solid offensive line, but uh, the Buffalo Bills need to address that running problem. And where do you go? Um, you know, Bijan Robinson is not going to be there at 27 when these guys are mm-hmm. ready to pick at the first, uh, uh, you know, opportunity that they'll have to uh, throw their hat into the ring. So now do you look at someone like a Jameer Gibbs? We mentioned him last night. He could be a very good fit here. Charbonnet is someone that could come in and be a solid runner for the Bills. If they decide against going a running back, and again, I would probably think that that's their biggest priority, then you're going to have to look at probably uh, offensive line uh, with them as well, uh, maybe shoring up some of the uh, the tackle position, especially, um, you know, there were struggles in that department on the right side last year. Roger Saffold, Spencer Brown um, just didn't seem to be able to get it done consistently enough, so at 27 overall, do you take a flyer on Darnell Wright of Tennessee? Uh, can you exactly. tell I've done my homework on him? I keep mentioning him, but he is, uh, you know, a solid, uh, um, you know, prospect. And then, of course, defense as well. Uh, you know, you want to try to spell a little bit of what uh, Tremaine Edmonds leaves behind. Uh, Jack Campbell, Trenton Simpson uh, is another guy that uh, uh, you could uh, take a look at uh, as well for the Buffalo Bills. But I agree with you. My priority, if I'm Bean and that, uh, uh, you know, uh, general managing uh, core in Buffalo. Uh, I'm looking at the running game first. Let's go to the NFC North. We'll finish up with the AFC North uh, after the break, but let's go to the NFC North. And you got to start with the team that traded out of the number one pick and now has the number nine pick and had a slew and has a slew of picks to go with them. Starts with a C and some of the no. There's a Hickok in the middle. That, of course, is the Chicago Bears. Where, what do they address first? Oh, good question. Uh, and I think a lot of people are going to give you different answers to this. If I'm the Chicago Bears, I'm prioritizing defense right now. I'm looking at either cornerback. I'm looking at defensive end. Uh, those two are the positions that I do with a very cognizant, knowledge that they need offensive line help as well so if you go any of those directions early on i think chicago is uh, uh, is solid there i know there are some rumors that you know they may be interested in looking at the you know the quarterback position or whatnot i, I don't think so i don't think they would have traded out of the first uh, uh you know slot if that's where they were going to go so where do you go if you're the uh, the chicago bears well if you like offensive tackles paris johnson would be great uh in uh, chicago and i think he would be the really good type of offensive lineman that could block well and provide the protection that justin fields is going to need to be able to lead this team on the field if you go corner obviously i mean they're early enough you know in the draft where these guys can look at a Witherspoon. They can look at a, um, you know, a Christian Gonzalez potentially. Uh, these are three guys. Maybe Joey Porter Jr. goes to Chicago as well. Those are options uh, that they have available. So 
it's really going to be determined by what Matt Aeroplus is going to prioritize here. Is he going to look to get protection for Justin Fields, or is he going to look to really shore up that defense and make that the strongest area on this team? Uh, but um, with number nine, uh, I think they've got some very interesting decisions made because that's a point at the draft where you're going to see some players that maybe should have gone a couple of picks higher that are going to fall to that. Where do you go? Who do you pick up? Who's the diamond in the rough that slipped to nine that should have been taken a little bit earlier? That's where I think Chicago can shine in this draft. Let's welcome Eric Kwan via the chat. He agrees with you. Bears need an offensive line to protect fields because you don't want fields running for his life this year as he's done the two years he's already been in Chicago. Let's take a look at the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers is now gone. He's with the New York Jets. It's Jordan Love's time. You got to go the same. You got to go the same way because that's an old offensive line they have in Green Bay. They got to get younger and they got to get faster. Absolutely, they do. They need to get younger. They need to get faster. They need more athleticism and maybe even a little bit more aggression thrown into that. And again, Brian, I think this is where temperance kind of goes beyond what uh, the initial excitement does of a trade such as this, where Green Bay Packers fans are now looking at it and saying, Jordan Love is the guy. We got to get behind our new guy. This is it. Um, I felt that a couple of years ago when Tom Brady went to uh, uh, Tampa Bay, there was a palpable um, optimism. And I was really surprised oh, yeah. uh, behind Jarrett Stidham. And they thought that this, all right, we've got to, you know, now it's it's Stiddy's time to go. And obviously, I mean, that never worked out. I and mean, Cam Newton came in and there was, uh, you know, a lot to, uh, to be said. But that's not going to happen in Green Bay. Green Bay knows who's going to be the successor. They're not guessing or throwing darts. They have to start building around Jordan Love. And I know there are holes at wide receiver and holes at tight end, but Green Bay needs to address the offensive line, and I think they still do. Uh, they've moved up now into 13. All of a sudden, Peter Skaronsky is looking like a hell of a pick for them. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, it would break my heart if he's there at, at uh, 13 and comes in and they right. steal him away from the New England Patriots. But uh, that, to me, that's, that's a great pick for them and someone that could come in and instantly transform what that offense is able to do with the proper protection for Jordan Love. A team that could come in and steal picks or steal players. Remember what San Francisco did to the rest of the league in snatching Christian McCaffrey in a mid in a basically a midnight trade. Just throwing it out there. So the Detroit Lions, the most improved team in the division. What do they need to get them close to or over the top to win the division as they did in 1991 defensive help um i mean i know lions fans are talking about maybe michael mayer coming in as the tight end one of this class but they're going to need someone that can come in and help them improve against the run and against the pass this was a team that struggled last year in both of those departments so i think with the defensive help that they're looking for uh you look for that you've got six you've got 18 you've got an opportunity to really bolster that area in the first round of this draft or you could split 50 50 and say i'm going to go defense at six going to go um you know offense at uh, 18. i could see them going with a tight end at 18. again this is a very deep class and a lot of guys that could come in and play well there uh but i think they prioritize um defensive end or the linebacker position right off the bat uh, if he's there at six, I, I tell you, Tyree Wilson out of Texas Tech is someone that I think would fit great with Dan Campbell. Um, and, you know, I think this would be a good opportunity for them. Uh, mentioned, uh, you know, Trenton Simpson before with, uh, um, you know, out of Clemson. Uh, but uh, this this could be uh, an opportunity uh, for uh, for them to, uh, to really uh, shore up that defense. And I think that's where they need to focus their efforts. Last but not least in the NFC North, Skull Vikings, the division champions who lost a playoff game at U.S. Bank Stadium. Yep, you can blame a lot of that on Kirk Cousins, but they too have some missing pieces. And now there's the dangling carrot of Dalvin Cook going elsewhere. Wah! Explain that one. <laughs> yeah, I don't think a lot of people could. Uh, you know, I mean, it's to me, it's jettisoning your the the very core of your uh, your offense at that point. And I say that with all due respect to Justin Jefferson, who, by the way, is actually my favorite wide receiver in the NFL right now. I absolutely love watching him. Um, one of the few guys that I can watch as someone who covers the Patriots and was a lifelong fan of that team. 
kind of torch them on uh, Thanksgiving night and not be upset by what I'm seeing. Just envious uh, that Minnesota got them. And uh, again, my draft crush unrequited a few years ago for the New England <laughs> Patriots. But uh, the one thing that I think a lot of people have to remember about Minnesota, they're going to have a new defensive coordinator, someone I know very well and have covered for a long time in New England. And that's Brian Flores. This is someone who leans on man coverage more than any other coach I've ever covered. So the Vikings may actually be looking for a more specialized cornerback than a lot of the teams out there. Don't be a bit surprised to see Minnesota look at a cornerback at number 23. We talked about Deontay Banks. I'm going to throw a little wrench into this, and I think a lot of people are going to say, oh, this is a big-time reach because of the problems that he had um, with, uh, uh, with injury. But Syracuse's Garrett Williams is someone I've been keeping a very close eye on for the New England Patriots. He's very good at squaring up on the outside and going toe-to-toe with a wide receiver, an alpha wide receiver. So if that could allow the Minnesota Vikings to say, you know what, we're not going to worry about how much that's going to knock him down draft boards. Uh, They may be looking to someone that can make an immediate impact. This is a Brian Flores type of player. If he's going to have influence in that draft room, this could be interesting. So don't discount that if you're a Minnesota Vikings fan. But that being said, uh, they do have needs at wide receiver, linebacker. I could see them going there as well. But I think they go corner in this draft with the high-end depth that you have available, especially to them at 23. We're going to go west and look at both the west divisions. I know we broke one of them down, but we're going to do it again as we break down all the teams and we'll save the south division teams for tomorrow and then mike and i will reveal uh on thursday our picks and who does what our draft coverage continues after this on the brian snow Show. here's an important message from the diabetes solution center do you like pricking your fingers to test your blood sugar levels no one does but it's important to maintain your health and now by wearing a small remote device called a continuous glucose monitor or cgm you don't need to prick your fingers anymore It's easy to use and helps you make more accurate diabetes treatment decisions. If you are testing your blood sugar three or more times daily, injecting insulin, or using an insulin pump, call the Diabetes Solution Center right now. And if you have Medicare or most major insurance coverage, you may be able to get a new CGM at little to no out-of-pocket cost. Shipping is free and we'll even bill your insurance company for you. If you are testing your blood sugar three or more times daily, injecting insulin, or using an insulin pump, call the Diabetes Solution Center right now to learn how to end the painful finger sticks and get your own continuous glucose monitor or CGM at little to no out-of-pocket cost. Where sports is the base, life and fun are the results. This is The Brian Snow Show. Our draft coverage continues. Mike DeBate joins me. Want to introduce a new segment starting tomorrow called Brian's Bet Slips. During both Snowman in the Morning and the Brian Snow Show, I'll reveal a free pick. You want to have some more picks? You're going to have to join us on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash SDM Sports Radio Network to get some free picks and to get some great behind-the-scenes footage of what we do at Snowman Multimedia. Mike DeBate joins me this afternoon as we talk all things NFL Draft. And let's go West. We start with the AFC West. And I know they're the Las Vegas Raiders, but they're the Los Angeles Raiders as far as I'm concerned because they should have been in SoFi Stadium. That's an argument for another time. Where do the Raiders start? Uh, That's a good question. Knowing Josh McDaniels the way uh, I've come to know him uh, in the years that I've had an opportunity to cover him, he's going to go defense. He's going to go defense in this draft because I think he realizes that There are some young players that he can come in or that can come into Las Vegas and be able to assimilate into the type of system that he wants to run on both sides of the ball. Um, Right now, you know, Divine Diablo and Robert Spillane are going to be their veterans at linebacker. That's not going to cut it if you want to try to compete, especially in that division. So if the Raiders are at number seven, where do they go? Do they go, uh, you know, with a cornerback? Do they try to revamp that area? Christian Gonzalez, I think it would be a great fit there. Devin Witherspoon would be another great fit as well. These guys are top-of-the-line players that I could see them taking with seven. Brian, I hear a lot that they're going to be in the quarterback market. Um, 
I, I don't necessarily know if Anthony Richardson is a perfect fit in a uh, in a Josh McDaniels mm-hmm. offense. I don't think he is. To tell you the truth, if they're going to go quarterback, I could see them taking a flyer on Will Levis uh, because he's the yeah. type of quarterback that can succeed in a McDaniels type offense. The type of offense that's you know vertical routes, quick reads, get the ball down the field, give it to the you know short area completions, screen passes on you know third, fourth down, which drove people nuts up here in New England. But Levis yes. can do it. But he also has the arm to be able to get it downfield, where not a whole lot of his quarterbacks actually did. So this could be interesting uh, to see how uh, how he plays this. But um, I think it's either linebacker or cornerback in the first round for the Las Vegas Raiders. And yeah, I think they go. I think they go with one of the two corners. If my gut tells me anything, I think Devin Witherspoon is a guy they're zeroing in on. Now to the Mile High City and the Denver Broncos. You talk about quarterback woes. There you go. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And I think they will be eager to take a look at that. But don't forget, I mean, you know, you're talking about a team that's not scheduled to pick now until what? It's somewhere in the 60s, I believe, is mm. uh, their first uh, uh, pick that they're going to have. So you're kind of going to have to look and see what's available, what they're going to be able to get. Uh, at this point, I think uh, they will take a quarterback with one of those, uh, you know, picks. Uh, yeah, 67, 68, and 108 are going to be their first three picks. One of those, I think, will be a cornerback. But do they go outside linebacker? That's a need for this team. You're going to need some, uh, you know, quicker, some, uh, you know, three, four ready um, linebackers to come in. Now that Vance Joseph is back in the fold, he's their defensive coordinator. So that's something to consider. Uh, but don't discount the center position as well. You and I talked about the fact that this is a very deceptively deep center class. Nobody talks mm-hmm. about it because it's the center. It's not really a marquee, sexy uh, position. But these guys are as important as anybody to a uh, um, uh, to an offense. And I think they could be because Javante Williams, that knee injury just does not sound good to me. And I'm not liking the fact that he's going to see a lot of time this year or any. So. You definitely need someone to come in and someone that can uh, play and protect Russell Wilson and try to figure out where they need to go from there. Uh, and running back is also one to keep your eye on as well. Uh, someone that can, uh, uh, you know, maybe come in and be a third down or a, a receiving back. Uh, Kendra Miller, Tank Bigsby could be guys uh, that I could see them taking the flyer on in those rounds. To the San Diego Chargers. Yes, I know they're the Los Angeles Chargers, but Mike and I hold a very special place in our heart for the San Diego Superchargers. And they made the playoffs. And then they lost to Jacksonville in Jacksonville when they held a 27 to nothing lead. So a lot of this is going to depend on the coaching staff and the nerve that they have to get the to to get this right. But what is their chief position of need and which way do you think they'll go? Well, I read an awful lot that their chief position of need is wide receiver, and I get it. People want to see them add to the stable of weapons that Justin Herbert can you know, throw to and be able to maximize his abilities. I get it. At number 21, they will have options there because this is a deep class. Um, Zay Flowers is someone that I think could slip to them at number 21, and I know Herbert would love to be able to utilize this kid because he can play in the slot, mm-hmm. he can play on the outside. Uh, you yep. want to talk about cerebral players. When he came up to visit New England for his top 30 visit, Brian, sat in a room with uh, Bill O'Brien for a number of hours before that meeting took place, just going over what the steps are to an NFL-ready offense and how to transition from the college game to the pro game. So this kid's doing his homework. He's putting in the time. Um, I mean, I'd love to see him stay in New England because he's a hometown guy with Boston College, although he's technically not from here. I know he's from Florida, but um, right. digressing. Uh, that could be a need uh, because Keenan Allen, as much as I've loved Keenan and I've covered him during my time on the Chargers beat, he's not getting any younger either. And he also has struggled with injuries in the past. So that's a, a, an area to watch out for. Uh, defensive tackle, I think, is something that they could use uh, to shore up that defense a little bit. And cornerback, even though J.C. Jackson has vowed he's going to come back and make this a year that uh, will make everyone forget last year, and he's got the skill to do it. He's a very good ball hawk. Uh, I think they could use some help in that department as well. So Chargers have a number of areas to go. Uh, and always, you can never, ever go wrong with finding depth on the offensive line, too. I could see them shoring that up, getting some swing options at guard and tackle. Uh, to protect Justin Herbert for the foreseeable future. To the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs, 
They're pretty loaded as it is, but how do they stay loaded to defend their title? Yeah, what do you get for a team that already has everything, right? <laughs> uh, but um, their first pick is going to be at number thirty-one. Obviously, they're you know you know on the uh, the tail end of the uh, the first round. But um, I'm seeing a lot of notes that wide receiver is a big need for uh, for them as well. And you know they went from replacing Tyree Kill last year with Valdez Scantling and Smith Schuster. Um, so Juju is now in New England. What do you try to do? Do you try to keep that momentum going? And try to make sure that they, uh, you know, have um, a weapon and a solid weapon for uh, for Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I mean, there's no argument um, that really is that great to argue completely against it. But again, if I'm the uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, I mean, you're you know, you're looking at someone that uh, uh, right now that vacated that offensive line that leaves a big void in Orlando Brown. And I know they signed Juwan Taylor, but to be totally honest with you, Brian, I don't think that's enough. I think uh, offensive line should be a concern for the Chiefs. I think it should be something they're targeting. And again, this is a deep enough class where they do have the ability uh, to get someone at that position that can be an immediate impact player here at this level. So keep an eye out for those. Uh, I think offensive tackle is, I would argue, their biggest need. Uh, but you could go 1-1A one one with wide receiver. And I think they could use some uh, help on the edge as well on defense uh, to try to be able to get after the quarterback a little bit more. But, you know, you're dealing from a position of strength if you're Andy Reid and the Chiefs right now. So, you know, just anything on top is is gravy. Been in that position before. I know what that's like. <laughs> <laughs> Same here. Same here. 90 seconds, and we'll be back to wrap it up with the NFC West. I know we did it yesterday, but we're going to give a little more detail team by team by team and then we'll tell you what's on tap for the remainder of draft week back in 90s so this thing called sports it has fans again it has full stadiums full arenas and more and you want to be a part of it don't you of course you do if you begin to scour the resale market there will be tickets available and what you need to get those tickets that you want so badly is SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the app available to you that lends a hand in helping you get the tickets that you want for the events that you want. SeatGeek rates the tickets on a 1 to 10 scale, and the best part is the tickets are vetted for authenticity so you know what you are getting and you know you are not getting scammed. And now you can save even more by using the code SNOWMAN and getting 20 bucks off with your very first purchase. Yes, you can do all of that with the power of SeatGeek, helping you get to the games that you want so you fans can fan. So let's all fan. The original Think Drink is back. Level up with proven ingredients formulated to crush your competition. No gimmicks, no jitters, no messing around. Just high-potency results that keep you moving day or night. There's a new nerd in town, and we came to play. Nerd Focus. Smarter than energy. Where sports is the base, life and fun are the results. This is The Brian Snow Show. Down the stretch we come on this edition of the Brian Snow Show. I want to thank you all for joining us Thursday night. I will have a draft special, and it will be aired live here on CSTV Now, as well as uh, BS3 Television Network and all of our radio networks and podcast stations across the country. And, man, we're having fun doing this. And Mike DeBate is my guest for the seventh year. He joins us you know, breaking down all things draft. This is when our year usually starts of us teaming up weekly to outline everything that's going on. We finished with the NFC West. It's a division that we did impromptu yesterday, but now we're going to dive even deeper. And we start at the bottom with the Los Angeles Rams. Boy, they need a lot of help everywhere. Yeah, they really do. And we talked about this yesterday, the possibility of them going with a running back. Um, their first pick is going to be in round two, number 36, obviously, First round picks are not uh, abundantly available in Los Angeles for a lot of reasons. And that's a conversation for another day, my friend. But, you know, where do you go if you're the Rams? Well, they could stand help at corner. Obviously, they lose Jalen Ramsey, a guy that I didn't mention yesterday that I think should 
get a little bit of a second look from them is Cam Smith out of South Carolina. I think he can come in there. He's a good coverage corner. Um, the highest actually graded of any cornerback in the draft by pro football focus. I think he could really take um, a little bit of pressure off of some of that secondary, and he's pro-ready. Uh, South Carolina is a program that is very uh, prideful on getting guys pro-ready for that level, so I could see them maybe taking a flyer on him. Um, they need help in the safety position. Their secondary is a mess. Guy I mentioned earlier, Sidney Brown, might look nice in a Rams uniform. And uh, ultimately, I think they could use a little bit more help. Um, if they don't go running back, then maybe get another pass catcher in for uh, Matthew Stafford. And a uh, guy that I don't think teams are looking at closely enough, someone I absolutely love. And I actually mocked him to the New England Patriots in my most recent mock draft for Sports Illustrated is Michael Wilson of Stanford, keeping him uh, back home in California. I think he'd look great with the Rams. And this kid is someone that, can uh, you know not only align on the outside, but he can play a big slot. He's a very, very good um, contested catch weapon, and I think that's something that's a dynamic uh, that uh, the Rams could definitely use, especially with Allen Robinson gone now. So that's what I'm looking at for the Rams. If they do want to do something in the earlier rounds, that's what I'd be looking at for them. Quick thanks to Eric Kwan for joining us. Also, the David 3000 Network. I'll have David St. Dennis on uh, Thursday on a special edition of Mike to Mike, the Underrated Darkness. Joining us, uh, Wise El Jefe, the Stuck in My Mind podcast, and Diggs BTW, all joining us for this draft edition, a di draft edition, uh, the draft week edition of uh, the Brian Snow Show. We're having fun. We're flying through the teams. Let's go to the Arizona Cardinals. Holes to fill everywhere. But since you've locked Kyler Murray into a what's going to be a long-term deal, I would figure, and I know you agree with me, you would figure they'd go along the offensive line for some help. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, if you're going to go interior or you're going to go on the outside and try to build from the outside in at the tackle position, yeah, this is the opportunity to do it. I mean, obviously, Brian, we both agree, and I think from our conversation yesterday that the perfect scenario for the Arizona Cardinals is to trade down. I think they'd love to do it. I really think yep. that they would find a lot more value and find it a lot more palatable uh, to take an offensive lineman than have to do it in the third pick of the draft. Some of their fan base would probably not be too happy about it, although I love it. I think uh, an offensive lineman should go or be considered to go number one every year because it's that important. But again, that's just me. <laughs> but um, in that regard, I agree with you. I think they will try to do that. The name that keeps coming up, and I talked about it yesterday, Will Anderson out of Alabama. He's the top edge rusher in this class. You can't really argue with any team that's going to take him. I mean, he's going to upgrade your team. Best player available. He's there at three. Yeah, he's probably it. But I think Arizona's needs go deeper than just the edge, and I think they start on the offensive line. If for any reason they do decide to invest in a more marquee position in round one at the number three position with Will Anderson, Joe Tipman out of Wisconsin I think could be a very good fit. This is a team in desperate need of a center, and Joe can come in uh, and play the position well. John Michael Smith's in round two. I know they're scheduled to pick at 34. I don't know if he's going to be there. I think he's a first rounder, and I think he goes first. But Tipman, some people may consider him an even better uh, option uh, long term. So keep your eye on him as well. And then in the later rounds, once you start getting into round three and then the day three picks after that, uh, then I can see uh, Arizona starting to backfill some of their, uh, um, uh, their needs uh, at the skill positions. Well, 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 we go to Seattle, team that surprisingly made the playoffs. They have locked in their quarterback with Geno Smith, uh, him agreeing to a new deal. But there are some pieces missing around him. And Geno's going to need a lot more help if they expect Seattle to crash into the playoffs instead of back their way in. Yeah, without any question. And I know a lot of people love, uh, you know, the fit of uh mocking a quarterback to Seattle with a number, you know, with the early pick. Uh, we're seeing Anthony Richardson's name pop up all over the place. Some people have even said that Will Levis would be a good fit at this point. Uh, I'll be very honest with you. I, I don't think that that's a solid use of what they need. This team needs a little bit of defensive help. They need a little defensive attitude. And I mentioned Tyree Wilson yesterday as the number two edge on this draft behind uh, someone like a, um, a Will Anderson. I think he could be a great fit for them 
uh, with the uh, with number six overall. If Seattle does, uh, excuse me, number five overall, if they stay at that position, he mm-hmm. could be a very good uh, uh, fit for them at 20. That's where I could see them maybe getting, uh, you know, a little bit of extra help along the offensive line. I could see them going with a wide receiver, someone to give, uh, you know, their quarterback an extra target. Uh, Quentin Johnston out of TCU could be an option that's uh, available at that position as well. So there are needs that this team needs to address. But um, I I still say that I would go defense before I'd go uh, uh, offense or quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks this time around. To the West Division champions for the 21st time, San Francisco 49ers and their compensatory picks. And there are seven of them are going to really help them out because they don't draft until the third round. But 99, 101 and 102 is where they can stack up their offensive line. And I have an off schedule. I have an off schedule pick that they can really uh, invest. And speaking of investments, they need to make some investments in their offensive line with the loss of McGlinchey. They need to make sure that is shored up. You don't know how much longer Trent Williams is going to be there, but they had early problems in the season, and it was across uh, across the front line. This is the time with them defending their division title, they can really make some hay in the third round and really pick up some great offensive linemen in this draft. Yeah, without any question. And I think that they can pick one up. And one guy that I really, really like, and again, I spend a lot of time scouting Alabama guys because I have to. If you don't, Bill Belichick will chew you out on it if you get these wrong. (laughs) So, you know, he's very protective of Nick Saban and that program out there. Tyler Steen, uh, the tackle out of Alabama right now, not getting a whole lot of press. There are a lot of people that have questioned his readiness in the NFL, but this is a guy that can really give you solid minutes at the left tackle position. And I think you look at the progression Uh, that he's made. He's playing a little bit more on pass block, a little bit more on run block each and every year. And the amount of, uh, he only allowed two sacks in 2022 after allowing five in 2021. So there's growth, there's potential there without any question. Uh, Only allowed two hits, Uh, did allow quite a few hurries, but, you know, if you're talking someone like a, you know, Brock Purdy eventually, or, uh, you know, in the interim, either a Trey Lance or even a Sam Darnold, you're going to have to, uh, you know, really kind of beef up that offensive line a little bit. So Steen is someone I would keep my eye on if I'm uh, San Francisco. Not saying that's the way to go, um, but uh, there could that that's someone that I think could be a good fit in Kyle Shanahan's offense, especially along that offensive line. Um, and uh, you know, we've talked about uh, you know different uh, you know players uh, before. Jackson Kirkland is someone that I like an awful lot. I think 102 is early for Jackson. I think you can get him in the subsequent rounds. But versatile mm-hmm. offensive lineman that can either slot in, play guard, or tackle. Uh, these are the guys that San Francisco loves and. These are the guys that thrive in that system. They they really, really value versatility. Got about 90 seconds left. Let's stay with the 49ers. What if they take a flyer on someone like either? And we talked about this, talked about this yesterday. What if they take a flyer in the later rounds on either Max Duggan or Stetson Bennett to really throw a monkey wrench into the NFC West? Yeah, I think they could do either one. And in my opinion, what that would do is that would solidify their uh, commitment long term to Brock Purdy, because both of those guys have very similar skill set to what Brock brings to the table. If you're bringing in a quarterback that plays in a similar style, you don't want to deviate from that too much. You want continuity. And what better way to get a rookie quarterback in, give him some reps, and then be able to turn the ball back over to your long-term starter than to do it that way. New England kind of did the trial run for that last year when they had Bailey Zappi come in, play very well in the interim, and then Mac Jones came back in. I'm not saying it worked out well for New England. Obviously, it didn't. But at the same time, you can see where New England's thought process is headed in that direction. San Francisco, that would tell me the same thing. Duggan is a little bit more mobile. Stetson is a little bit more uh, cerebral. But at the same time, similar enough to Brock, where I think they would do very well for themselves by having those guys in the locker room and on the field. Who will your team pick on Thursday night? Join yours truly and a slew of guests as we will go through the first round of of picks for the NFL draft coming live from Kansas City, Missouri, the home of the Super Bowl champions. Mike DeBate will help out as he's helped out all. He will help out all week. We will review round one on Friday. Tomorrow, we will take a look at we will take a look at the AFC at the AFC North and recap everything. And then Thursday, we'll reveal our mock drafts picks 
for each team in the first round. God bless you, Mike. I love you. Thanks for stopping by today. We'll do it again tomorrow. Oh, absolutely, buddy. God bless you as well. Thanks so much for having me on, and I always, always enjoy joining you, buddy. All right. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate it. Thank you, my friend. Mike DePate, our senior insider for Snowman Multimedia in his seventh season with us. And uh, I may have a little surprise coming for you later on today. If you don't follow Snowman Multimedia on TikTok, all you got to do is search Snowman Multimedia. I got a little present for you right there. And you can join us on Patreon, patreon.com slash SDM Sports Radio Network. Let's get to a thousand patrons and let's really make this thing pop. My time is up. Hope you all enjoyed it and I enjoyed bringing it to you. God bless you and we'll see you tomorrow. We're sp- tuning into the brian snow show where sports is the base life and fun are the results